here we are again. Welcome, welcome to Sarah's Simple Thoughts. I'm your host, Sarah. And I just, I love being with you all in this space. It is so fun and so inspiring. Um, All of the feedback that I get and all of the just amazing learning that I am able to go through with these podcasts uh, before recording them and um, just all, all of it is just so fun. And I am so grateful to each of you for all of your contributions to this being able to happen. The main thing that you can really help with is by leaving a rating. Just go to Spotify and leave your thoughts, leave, um, you know, what you walk away with on any given episode or in general, I would love, love, love to hear your thoughts. Also feel free to reach out to me and my team at sarahsimplethoughts at gmail.com. We love, love, love to hear everything on your mind. And really that's where you can also submit like podcast topics that you want to hear more about. So all that to say, I'm so happy to be here today. Happy Friday. So, oh, I, okay. I literally, you guys know this. I literally get so excited about pretty much every single topic. There are some harder ones that are like, oh, okay. <laughs> but most of the time, um, I really, and even those, I do enjoy the harder ones as well. But today's especially. So, Today, I wanted to talk about apology languages because I feel like it has been so helpful in expanding my own self-awareness and basically, I am able to explain my needs to those around me and they are very grateful (laughs) for that um, because it just is a win-win all around. I feel like that's one of the huge pluses of doing coaching is your personal awareness goes up so much and you get to know yourself so well and it's such a beautiful experience in and of itself. But then it like it's like the gift that keeps giving <laughs> because um, the more self-aware you are, the more bountiful your relationships are because when you're self-aware and you can communicate your needs and your wants and your expectations and you're aware of how others others' actions kind of play off with you on your feelings or just all of it just makes it so much more meaningful if you can communicate in a helpful way and get to know yourself in a way so that you can contribute to the relationship even more. So all that to say, I feel like apology languages is one of those things that we have not talked about that I feel like has helped me in my personal self-awareness over the years. And I believe has really strengthened my personal relationships as well. Because when things go awry, right, it's not if but when, um, it really helps to be able to have a good plan for how to navigate it and to know yourself and to know what your needs are so you can communicate it and the relationship can keep on going even past difficult times and experiences. So with that being said, what are apology languages? So do you guys remember 
the book that Gary Chapman came out with a little while ago called The Five Love Languages. I'm sure you're very, very innately familiar with this. It has caught on and literally, I guarantee it is literally on 80% of first date questions. You know, like when you go on a first date, that's what people are talking about, which is so incredible and so amazing. Um, he also wrote a book in tandem with, oh goodness, what's her name? I am forgetting her name at this moment, but he co-wrote a, another book with a woman and they talk all about apology languages. And it's the concept that, and full disclosure, I have not read the book in its entirety, but I have latched on to the methodology. So I'm not necessarily recommending the book to you. I'm just speaking about how the methodology has helped me. So in the book, they go through five different apology languages, kind of like the five love languages. And the, the thinking is, hey, like everybody, just like they have a certain way that they feel the most loved, everybody has a certain way that they need to be apologized to. And it's super insightful because it's, it's this thinking of, oh yeah, we know everybody's not the same, but if we can categorize people into certain ways, then it helps us feel more comfortable interacting, right? <laughs> so all this to say, typically categorizing different people and their needs is not going to be the most helpful, right? So we need to take all of this with a grain of salt and just say, okay, like a person might have a mix of both of these languages, they might um, have something outside of this. This is not comprehensive. This is not the end all be all. It's just, I feel like a helpful place to start. So what are the five apology languages? This is basically how a person needs to feel to be able to really let go of something that happened. So number one, expressing regret. So if you have those people in your life where like you screw up and you go, you go to them and you're like, I am so sorry. And you like have the regret and they're just like, no, you're good. Um, or they're like, Oh, I really, really appreciate that. You know, it really did hurt me, but I can see you really regret it. And that's all I need, you know, and they might not say it in that many words, but really, if you can express sincere regret and they see that you are expressing sincere regret, that's really what they need to move on, to move forward and, and, uh, feel like things are closed on the matter. Okay. Now I want to caveat this with saying that, um, in terms of our, our personal lives, should we hold off on forgiving somebody until they have met our apology language? No, right? Forgiveness should always be there. Um, at least I can say that from my vantage point. I think it's a personal decision whether you choose to forgive or not. I know that forgiving brings me a lot of mental and emotional space and peace afterwards, but sometimes it's not as easy as that. It can take months or even years, right, to get to that point. But I just want it to be clear on uncertain terms that while I am advocating for getting to know your apology language, you know, it it's helpful for sure, um, but 
it's not like everything needs to be contingent on it from this point on. Now, that being said, at the same time, letting people know your expectations is going to be very, very helpful. Why? Because they could apologize and you could be like, okay, thank you. Yeah, it's all good. And then you could keep holding on to it. And while maybe that needs to be forgiveness work, I would advocate that if you can make your needs known and they, because here's the thing, they would be more than willing to meet your needs. Most likely if you can make your needs known and they can fulfill your needs, then that resentment is not as much there. Am I right? So, so I would say that, yeah, we always need to forgive all of these things. And at the same time, if you are self-aware enough to know what your needs are and you can advocate for them, then it makes it a lot easier um, to interact with friends and family and acquaintances after that. So the second apology language is to accept responsibility. <clears throat> so this is, you know, somebody comes to you and they're like, Hey, I did this and that was my fault. And I did that. And I can see how that was hurtful and I accept responsibility and they're not giving excuses, right? It's not the, I'm sorry, but right. <laughs> um, so anyone with that apology language really cares about the responsibility aspect of things. The third is to make restitution. So this is going to be like, if you ruin someone's sweater, you Venmo them for the sweater plus a little bit more for the inconvenience. They have to go buy another sweater, right? That is going to be restitution. Or if you break, um, you know, whatever, some souvenir or something, you know, you, you make restitution by doing something to replace it. It's, it's making it as if it had never happened is what, um, those with the making restitution apology language need and want. The fourth is genuinely repenting. So, and that's just terminology for basically someone with this apology language wants to see that the person who wronged them is actually going to change. Um, they want to see they, words don't mean anything. <laughs> words don't mean anything. Uh, restitution, not as much. What really, really, really helps them to move on is like, oh, they are actually going to change their behavior. And that, that makes me feel much better. Now, you could argue that each situation might call for a different apology language, for which I completely agree. However, I've noticed, at least in my own life, that I have one very dominant language, and that might not be the case for everybody. Um, it might really depend on the situation, but kind of like the love languages, you can have dominant languages, but there's certain situations in which you do want another um, of the languages. You know, for example, maybe let's say gifts is at the end of your list, but you would be super hurt if you didn't get a gift from your significant other for Christmas, right? So we can't neglect all of these um, apology languages. Like we can't just choose one and neglect all the rest, but 
most likely, most likely you are one of these most dominantly. And then the fifth one is requesting forgiveness. Okay. So these are the folks who will give an apology and then follow up with a question. They're trying to meet your requesting forgiveness language, right? So if they're like, I am so sorry, will you forgive me? Will you let me make it up to you, right? So these are typically, if there's a question involved, they're trying to cater towards the requesting forgiveness apology language, typically. So we have those that are very dominant in this language, but also if you are in a circumstance where you are unsure about wanting to move forward and you feel so hurt, you don't really know what you need. Somebody who comes in and gives this type of apology is probably the most appropriate, right? Because they are giving you space and time. They're putting the control back in your hands, right? So if they come, they're like, I am so sorry. Like, what can I do to make it up to you? How could I ever make it up to you? You know, they're, they're putting power back in the other person's hands to say, oh, well, I really want you to tell me how this is never going to happen again. Right. So the person is saying, oh, well, I really want you to cater to the genuine repentance language, or I really, I really want, um, you to realize your part in this. So it'd be the accepting responsibility. So basically the fifth apology language is a good way to go if you are unsure about somebody's apology language. The difficulty is, is that some of the apology languages, it, it can be really difficult, you know, uh, especially if you are not as well acquainted with the person. So if you're like, oh my gosh, how can I, how can I make it up to you? You know, is the, the person probably is going to feel really out of place saying, well, you could replace my $150 souvenir from, you know, Czechoslovakia or whatever, right? That typically is not. So having that kind of sense of like, if I were in this position, what would I want? Because the person, even though you give the power back to them, might not, might not feel like they're in a position to actually tell you what they need and want, which is, it's difficult, right? It's social decorum and etiquette and, you know, all of those things. So just kind of using that level of empathy to know can be extremely helpful, right? So how is this helpful? Well, we've already talked about several ways, but I do feel like one of the most dominant ways that I have seen it benefit me is that I'm able to get through disagreements rather quickly um, with the people around me, with my partner, because we will, you know, have a disagreement or an incident or what have you. And sometimes if you're like super frustrated and super like, you might not know exactly what's wrong until like, sometimes I'm just like, why am I so upset? And like, now I'll take a step back and be like, oh, we're having this dialogue back and forth, but I do not feel resolved because they haven't met my apology language. And so then I can then step in and say, Hey, like it would really mean a lot if you could, you know, make it clear to me, like blah, 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 whatever. Um, and then they're like, Oh my gosh, yes, absolutely. And then, you know, they can 
help with that and then it's very reassuring to me and then I feel like I I have a clean slate with them and that they have done what they can do to make me feel better and you know off we go we're done <laughs> you know so so you know like whether it's an argument or an incident I can sit there and be like why am I still so bugged right and and move on sometimes there are instances when things can't really be truly fixed with just one apology language, right? So some instances you really cannot, for example, for example, so my, my dominant apology language is restitution, right? So <laughs> it's so, I, anyways, I feel so petty sometimes though, because, um, you know, hypothetically, you know, if someone were to like ruin something or do something, I'd, I'd be like, okay, I want the dollar amount of the item you messed up and the dollar amount it will take me to go find the item and that my time and like all of this, you know, uh, or I want you to go find it anyways. But sometimes you have to just realize that like, even a little bit of this apology language in the right direction is going to be enough, right? So like even, even just like a nod in the right direction, even if it doesn't compensate me for all of it, like I would sometimes like, sometimes you got to let go of your apology language and lean on the strength of the relationship. Now, this is not me saying like, oh, put your expectations lower. This is not me saying don't meet your needs. Like do what you got to do, but also weigh the benefits and the cost and everything. Like at the end of the day, like maybe it just is better to let it go, to have the conversation, but not expect like entire restitution and all of that. Um, now that being said, I've definitely come across situations where restitution isn't really an answer, right? Like <laughs> there's no way to fix it. What's done is done. And those are the times when I find myself the most angry because I'm so frustrated with the fact that things are ruined and like, you can't make it up and, and like, you know, whatever, and so those are the times where I try to tune into my secondary apology language, which is accepting responsibility and that if the other person can just accept responsibility and say, yeah, like I screwed up and I messed up and this is how and like all of that. And I've also realized that it is helpful if I'm willing to accept something that maybe doesn't have direct restitution, but is like a nod in the right direction. Like, you know, like a... I don't know, like a going out to dinner or, or something uh, to try to mend the relationship. So that is on, you know, our side. On the other side, I feel like it we mess up all the time. And so to know the people around us and how they need to find, like how we can help them find forgiveness, it's it can be really, really, really helpful, right? The words that we use can be classified typically within any of these five categories. And it would be so great to be able to know which of them there are. So how can you tell what somebody's apology language is without being like, hey, here's the link. Can you go take the quiz? I know you're really mad at me. So I'm just like trying to figure this out. Like, okay, you know, but typically you can tell based off of what the person typically invests their 
time and energy into focusing on and talking about. Um, it just, it depends on people's personalities, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But also you can tell based on when you're having the dialogue, you know, oh, I see you're really upset about this. Uh, tell me a little bit more. And they can be like, yeah, no, like I really, I'm never going to go to Czechoslovakia ever again. And like, you know, so that's like, oh, okay. So they're kind of looking for a little bit of restitution here. I understand that you're never going to go to Czechoslovakia again. That, that souvenir was really important to you. Yeah, it really was. It was indicative of like, you know, where my heritage came from. My great grandmother was from Czechoslovakia. And every time I looked at it, I was so happy. And, you know, all of these things, you can really get a sense for kind of, kind of where, where uh, people need to be comforted and perhaps what uh, amends you can make, right? So really listening to the language patterns that somebody is talking with, it can be really indicative, right? So uh, for example, so a second example would be if somebody is like, yeah, I just feel like you always do this and I I'm just so frustrated because like when there's that big language that we're always told not to use in arguments, <laughs> but if they are using that, that could be indicative that they're very frustrated with you and your behavior and either they want you to accept responsibility or they want you to go through the genuine change process so that they don't have to put up with it anymore, right? Right. If somebody is super standoffish and just really frustrated and you're like, how can, you know, what do you need? And they're just like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, you know, that's when you can turn to the requesting forgiveness and the requesting to help and the showing the earnestness of wanting to fix things, right? If someone's like, I just, I just don't think you even care. Like, you know, you don't seem to really care about this and now you've really hurt my feelings and I don't know how to feel about the fact that you're just so apathetic, right? That could be indicative that they either want you to express regret because they haven't seen that from you um, or possibly genuine change and repentance is on the line. But whatever it is, at the end of the day, it's ultimately going to be about trying to First of all, try to make sure that you're meeting the needs of the people in your life and how they want um, and how they need to be assisted when things go wrong. Because like I said at the beginning, it's not a matter of if but when, especially in close relationships, things can really um, be difficult to work through sometimes. And this is just one tool to help be able to tune into other people's needs. But I think also, as I also touched on in the beginning, that personal awareness, because if you can be personally aware of your needs and your wants, when it comes to the genre, you can be so much more self-aware and communicate with the people around you, what you need and what you want. And then with that resentment will go down, expectations will be leveled and ultimately relationships will be strengthened. So with that, thank you so much for coming today and for listening in. 
like I mentioned at the beginning, be sure to leave a rating at Spotify and let me and my team know if you have any additional topic requests or anything that you're curious about or any comments. We love, 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 love all the commentary. So feel free to get that at Sarah Simple Thoughts at gmail.com. And as always, if you are interested in one-on-one or group coaching, please also feel free to reach out to the same email and we will get something set up for you. So without further ado, have a wonderful Friday, a wonderful weekend, and until next time, thanks so much.